The Brooklyn Vegan Show is a podcast about music brought to you by the music blog and online record store Brooklyn Vegan. Make sure to subscribe to hear all of our upcoming episodes featuring interviews with musicians and more, and find us 24-7 at brooklynvegan.com, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Hey, welcome to the new episode of the Brooklyn Vegan Show. I'm Brooklyn Vegan editor Andrew Sacker, and today's episode is a joint conversation with both Mike Park and Catbite in celebration of their new Split 7-inch, which is the second installment of Bad Time Records' Wavebreaker series. We've actually teamed up with Mike Park, Catbite, and Bad Time Records on an electric blue vinyl variant of the Split, limited to just 100 copies and available exclusively in the online Brooklyn Vegan store, so go pick that up while it lasts. So if you're unfamiliar, Mike Park is an absolute veteran of ska, punk, indie rock, DIY, and more. He's was in the classic bands Skink and Pickle, the Chinkies, the Bruce Lee Band. He's run Asian Man Records for over 25 years. If you're an underground rock of any kind, Mike Park is probably a household name or should be. Meanwhile, Catbite comes from the new generation of ska. They kind of pull from two-tone, from trad ska, from power pop, from garage rock. And they're great. And they and Mike Park make a really good pair. And they've collaborated in the past. And it's awesome that they've got this new split together, uh, which has two songs by each artist. Mike Park, one of his songs features Karina from the Dancehall Crashers. And Catbite's two songs, one was written by Mike Park and one was a Neon Trees cover. We talk a lot about that split in this conversation, and we also talk about the current ska scene, some ska history, why ska still gets a little bit of a bad rep and why it really shouldn't. And we also talk about the joy of a live ska show and just live shows being back in general and Catbite's upcoming tour dates. And we talk a little bit about the recent divisive alt-press article on the ska punk band The Interrupters. Uh, it was a really fun chat, and here it is. All right, so here we are. We got Mike Park. Tim and Brittany from Catbite. Welcome, everybody. Thanks for coming on the show. Hey, Hello. what's up, Andrew? Thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks yeah, for having us. Of course, yeah. Um, so, yeah, we should have a really fun conversation. We got Wavebreaker 2 on the way, a new split from uh, Catbite and Mike Park. Um, yeah. But, uh, yeah, uh, first, uh, Tim, Brittany, I saw on social media, you just celebrated the one-year anniversary of Nice One. Yeah. Yeah. That was, it kind of snuck up on us. Um, actually like the only reason I it, like kind of I thought about it was, um, this release and I'm like, Oh, this is like around the same time as, uh, our record last year. And then, so initially we were going to be releasing or announcing this on this, like what a day short of our one year anniversary of nice one, but we pushed it back and which kind of gave us some room to like celebrate, Nice one. It's one year anniversary. But yeah, time flies. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it's like, I mean, it's a totally different world too. I mean, you've basically been on tour since the record came out. I, th- I mean, you were on our show right before. And I think that was like a little bit before live music was sort of right. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, that was, um, I mean, that was one of the first times we like performed in front of people in since 2020 was on the uh vans show with you it was cool (laughs) it was weird it was really fun though that was really fun yeah (laughs) so what's it been like finally playing for audiences again um i mean it's it feels really good it just is like 
I f- it makes me really happy to be back in front of audiences and seeing people. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Too loud for you? I mean, you just went from zero to a thousand. I mean, yeah. Oh, I mean, we um, really like audiences here. So <laughs> I feel it. Just, I mean, it feels really good and like seeing people having a good time and like coming to shows again. It's, I don't know, it just makes you um, not take it for granted. Yeah. And like, I mean, it's definitely fair to say that like before COVID hit, um, we weren't really we didn't really have that many fans, I guess. Like it just, it didn't seem like, you know, we were like a band that has fans. Um, we would play like some cool shows, like opening for some bigger bands. And like, we never had played a headline show ever. Um, and then with our record release show on the, on the day that our record came out, um, it was to a sold out crowd, which was, uh, just, I just like couldn't believe it. And like this whole year has just been the same thing. Every time we play a show and people come up and, are singing our our lyrics back to us. It's it's something that neither me or Brit or the rest of our band is yeah, like. Yeah, I guess it's, it's ever still, experienced. It's, yeah, I'm still every time I see like people singing, you know, the songs back with us. Like I'm always like, people are actually listening. Yeah, <laughs> people yeah. are actually liking the music. Yeah, even just like not even just singing, but like just like actively moving around to us. It's just like and like dancing and like you know giving us their full attention. It's just. It's great, and I don't know if it's like the combination of people being deprived from shows, or and also just like you know, obviously a lot more people are listening to our music, and like, and it's just it, it shows, and it's just great all around. Yeah, really. <laughs> We're very stoked. Yeah, totally. Mike, have you seen Catbite yet? I've not. They have not been out on the West Coast yet. Mm-hmm. Have you? Have you uh, played anything yet since the pandemic? I wasn't. I I tried to check, like I, um, but I wasn't sure. I have not. I have. Um, I have a love hate relationship with performing, and I've had that for decades. And the, I think the pandemic has made it worse for me. So I have no plans on performing, and I think that's okay for right now. But I'm I'm cre- I'm being very creative at the same time. So it's a, that's a good feeling. Yeah, I mean, you've done so much in the studio, like two Bruce Lee band records in the past year or so. Um, the song with Catbite, the Mike Park Catbite song, and now this split. So yeah, it's awesome to see how much you've been doing. Plus, I've been ghostwriting for other bands too. Oh, really? Yeah. Can, can you can you uh, share who, or would that ruin the ghost element of ghostwriting? I, I can't. <laughs> I've been doing I've been doing that for years though. I've, I I do it for a lot of artists in Japan. Mm-hmm. So. Um, I've written uh, two full albums for bands in Japan, Whoa. and so I just take the money. Nice. <laughs> well, uh, you know, off the record, just you know, slip me a hint of who it might be because I uh, not 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 on the show, you know, but I'd love to hear whatever you've been writing. Okay. Um. So um. Yeah. So just uh, you know, while we're talking about shows and stuff, um, I went to the the Jer Kill Lincoln tour. And like that, I guess that was like my first ska show post pandemic. Mm-hmm. And it was just like, so fucking fun. Like, I was yeah. like, wow, like there's like, because it's, it's wild how this whole scene kind of popped off, like when there weren't shows, right? Mm-hmm. And like, there were even like, I saw like snarky people on Twitter, like, we were like, ska's back. And people were like, 
how could Scott be back? It's a pandemic, you know? And it's like, well, yeah. I don't know. It is. <laughs> um, and then like, you finally just got to see like that release and it was like, wow, this is like some of the most fun stuff you can really see. And it was just, it, yeah. I can't wait to finally see a real cat bite show. I know yeah. that there's are some chances coming up. Yeah. We, uh, yeah, you should come. Uh, well, yeah. Oh uh, yeah. You already know. <laughs> I'm like, wait, I don't even have to be fucking slick with you. You know, what's going on? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but also, like, I mean, tour with Streetlight Manifesto. That's super exciting. Shows with Anti Flag. Like, uh, I mean, hopefully, you know, just we'll we'll get to the whole Wavebreaker concept in a bit. But you know, hopefully, like touring with Streetlight will kind of, you know, show some of those people who are on Twitter like, hey, "Who's the fourth wave here?" You know, like maybe yeah. they'll they'll get to see like a newer band. And yeah, no. How I did mean, you, how did you get those Streetlight shows? Um, so I guess the, through Rick Johnson from X mustard plug, um, I guess he's like the reason, um, I don't know. I, uh, one day he texted me and was like, Hey, this is Rick. I said, who's Rick? And he's like, Rick Johnson from mustard plug. I'm like, do I know you? Because we had played shows at mustard plug and I'm like, Oh, like the original guy. Yeah. That guy. And then. He's like, so I'm at TM uh, Streetlight, and they're looking for bands for some of these shows. Um, this was back. That was me. Year. It was I'm you. I'm the one. I'm oh, the one. Man, Thomas called me and okay. asked me who to bring on tour. I said, "This band Capite, you should bring on tour." Shit. No way. All right. Well, then fucking Rick Johnson's taking but then, on this credit. But no, but Rick, Rick, Rick's involved. Rick did all okay. the leg work. Rick's great. We're we're a team, Rick and I. Okay. Well, thank you, Mike. I love that yeah. team. <laughs> All right. It was, Thanks, Mike. Yeah. It was so funny because, like, then, like, I never heard anything more from Rick. And then, like, three weeks, four weeks later, I got a text message from a random number. And I was at work. And I look at it and it says, hi, Tim. Sorry to text you out of blue. My name is Thomas from the band Streetlight Manifesto. Do you want – I really like your band. Do you want to play shows with us? <laughs> And I was just like, what the fuck? <laughs> uh, I like, I, it, I, I don't know. I literally just thought like someone was fucking with us. Um, and like I researched the number and it was like, you know, Bay Area, which I guess that's where um, Thomas lives. Uh, yeah. It and it turns out it was him. 30 minutes, 30 minutes from me. Okay, cool. With his cats. His yeah, he's yeah. so cool. He always sends me t uh, pictures of his cats, and it's great. <laughs> I love it. They're really you cool know, looking. For Thomas to say he likes your band is the hugest compliment because Thomas likes nothing. Yeah. <laughs> Except for his cats. He, li he <laughs> likes, I'm, I'm talking strictly music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Bands. He doesn't like any band. So wow. for him to like Cat Bite is wow. monstrous. Yeah, that's. I, it's so weird it, yeah it's it was so weird and like the shows so we did three shows with them in um december in philly dc and new jersey and all three of them were like sold out before we even got added to the bill and we were the only band on the bill and uh the the crowd was super responsive like i i really had no idea what to think well they had to, they kind of warmed up to us each show i remember like seeing lots of people kind of just like watching us and like figuring out like what, what we what were was going and on by the end of our set yeah people were very excited but i don't know that was kind of a cool feeling like having to win over a crowd yeah because also like we were added after it was already sold out so like none of our fans could have the opportunity to buy tickets so like we were just like hopefully maybe some streetlight fans had heard of us already 
lot of um, them had it. But yeah, it was like, yeah, lots and lots of people and, you know, like sold a bunch of merch and like just had people just talking to us for like, and like we still get like messages and stuff online. Like, hey, we first saw you at this, this opening for Streetlight. And it's like, um, yeah, I really didn't expect that with like, you know, why were you like able to play that last run they did where they did eight shows in a row? Uh, the California uh, West Coast run? West Coast run. So because we just um, uh, got off tour with Jeff Rosenstock and basically half of that entire tour we just hit with Jeff in June. So um, we wouldn't have been able. It was like we would have hit Denver, Salt Lake, Portland, Seattle, and like one yeah. other city, which is literally half their tour, and they didn't want us. Uh, Streetlights agent wouldn't didn't want us to do the exact same market like three weeks afterwards. Oh, so that uh, was Streetlights and not yours. Uh, yeah, like so we we said we would totally do it, um, but like we it was just radius clause bullshit. Um, yeah, because we really wanted to, because then we were actually so what we did was um we were gonna do that and then um, book. Oh wait, that was California. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, yeah, we had plans to like we were gonna leave the van or leave all the gear in Salt Lake City. We're gonna and fly then, home, have someone drive the van to start that tour with Streetlight. Right. Um. But yeah, it just didn't. Uh, their agent just didn't want it to happen because we, we were just literally just there. Them. Yeah, it which sucks because we're like never gonna. <laughs> We've had like three different opportunities to go to the West Coast or to go to California in the, this you year. Can't say never, we're going to. Oh, we will. Get there, but yeah, it's just... it's just funny. Like every single time we have something that's like, oh, sick! It's gonna we're gonna do it, and then no. California. You like that I've taken this over, Andrew? Oh yeah, I'm like this is great. Like I don't even need to do anything. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, uh, Tim Britt, like, were Streetlight, Catch-22, like, those, like, big bands for you growing up? Like, is that... Um, Not really, you know, actually. No? Yeah, um, actually our, our drummer, Chris, um, he's, he's like, um, born and raised in Philly. And so he was very big fan of Catch-22 and Streetlight um, growing up. Like, he was really big on a lot of the Jersey ska bands and, like, that whole... And, like, obviously the Philly ska bands and stuff. Um, I, I went to a Streetlight show with, like... like uh maybe 15 years ago or something like that and i had heat exhaustion when i went and like because i had worked all day like outside in, like 100 degree wet uh heat and then like i went to street light show and it was like the worst experience of my life because i like was like on the verge of passing out so that was like terrible. yeah that was pretty much my only experience with street light until more recently which like I, i've seen them a couple times before we got asked to play with them and like i've always liked them it was just never something i grew up listening to at all i just kind of when i first got into sky it was just very much into like traditional and two-tone and stuff and like i've only in the past maybe five or six or seven years like really started to dive into like a lot more of the third wave and more scott punky stuff and like streetlight and you know all those yeah. <laughs> nice yeah um so mike you uh so it was you who sort of tipped off streetlight about Catbite. we know you're a, always been a huge supporter it makes so much sense you're in the split together um so this whole wave breaker concept right it started recently with less than jake and kill lincoln and like as the sort of tongue-in-cheek name implies it's like let's sort of get rid of the whole idea of like scott comes in waves and like also like 
not just that it comes and goes, but also like the fan base is like, you know, like it helps to introduce older fans to younger bands. And then maybe people who are finding ska through, I don't know, Capite or ska to network or something can be like, Hey, like there's also active older bands. Like, and so it seems like a very cool, mutually um, beneficial thing. So Mike, uh, Tim, Britt, tell us like, how did this split kind of come together? It's pretty easy. It was just Mike from Bad Time Records asking yeah. if you want to do a split, and I said, "Okay." <laughs> it was yeah. As did you did you that. say to him like it's got to be with Catbite or no? He's he asked if I wanted to do it with Catbite. Okay. Said, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I mean I think he already <clears throat> knew that like that it would be such a perfect combination. Like Mike is Mike S is a fucking genius. And He's very smart. You know person. he he gets what's up, and like he knows that like you know us and Mike Parker best friends that never met <laughs> uh, right you did uh <laughs> sorry go on uh no yeah it just it's just like um i don't know it's just a very great fit like we look up to mike so much and um yeah <laughs> yeah it's cool and you already so um what was it 2020 right where uh Brit, you sang on mike's song mm-hmm. um the the quicksand one mm-hmm. um so yeah, so there's already some history there. Mike, tell us about Catbite. Why are they so great to you? Uh, I was, you know, obviously Asian Man Records, I think we get pigeonholed as a ska label, which is, I think, because me, because I do so much ska personally, but out of the 370 releases we've put out, I've only put out like 60 ska records. Wow. Um, I haven't heard something that really caught my attention until uh, an employee played Catbite. And I I was like, who the heck's this? And we just listened to the record at work while we were doing mail order. I was like, oh, this is the best thing I, I've heard yeah. like in decades. And um, that's that was it. I don't know what I – I don't know if I reached out to them. I think I just – I think in any interview I've done in the last like four years, I've talked yeah. about Catbite. <laughs> yeah, I think we saw – it. We were we were just like I forget I was reading something an article or an interview yeah, you an did interview. and I just like was scrolling through like reading it and then you said something about like your favorite new band or new ska band and it was Capway and I just like dropped my phone I was like yeah. what? and I just like sent it to the group chat and then and then like a day or two later you were doing an Instagram live <laughs> and me and Britt were like laying in bed about to go to sleep and we're like, Oh, oh damn. yeah. We saw you went live. And we're like, should we go? Should we, should we go click live? on it and look? And, and then we did. And then you're like, cat bite, come live with me. <laughs> and we're like, literally right. like it was like 1am and we're like lying in bed about to go to sleep. We're like, ah! And then we did. And we, we talked to you nervous. about, we talked to you about our day. We talked about rent in Philly. Yeah, because it was um, it was like at the beginning of the pandemic, <laughs> and yeah, and that's that's <laughs> that and our, here that we are now. First official uh, meeting. Yeah, <laughs> I remember that. Those are those are the good old days. Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> the early pandemic days. The, the yep. early days, yeah, for sure. Uh, so, Mike. Um, so you you kind of first linked up with Bad Time Records when you did the Ska Against Racism split in 2020. Um, just for anyone who doesn't know, can you just kind of talk a little bit about how you kind of got introduced to Bad Time Records and how like you ended up forming this relationship with the label? Yeah, Mike, he he just started sending me records. <laughs> I 
and it's a smart thing because it caught my attention. I was like, who? It was the art was really good. I think it was the shape of ska punk to come. The first yeah. volume. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh well, this is this refused ripoff art is really cool. And uh, it's like, what is this label? I hadn't heard any of the bands. And uh, he just kept sending me records. And then Adam from Link Eighty, he had a new band, Omnigon, and so I knew I know Adam for years. And he was on, and then I just kind of kept my eye on. Well, I, I always try to keep my eye on what's what's happening, just in not just ska, but any kind of underground music. And I felt like Mike was doing some really cool stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. Very impressed by just like the community aspect of it and how he he and the bands, all the bands involved with Bad Time, just kind of push for each other. It's like uh, uh, if there's no competition. It's like let's root for each other, and that's the best. That's what I've always pushed for with Asian Man. And so I saw that coming from Mike, and then I've been a fan ever since. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think, like, Mike, I feel like the the sort of DIY ethics that you have helped bring to – people with Asian man records, you know, I feel like that's been a huge blueprint for stuff like bad time. And like, so inspirational to so many of us, probably to Tim Britt. Yeah. No, it's like, like when Mike Szynski first hit me up, um, like we'd started cat bite. And then like, I put out, we put out what, like three little demos and two of them are covers or whatever. And I've been friends with Mike Szynski forever. And he just, we were like, as a band, we're like, what should we do with this band? Like, should we record an EP? I don't know. We were just like talking. We weren't really trying to be anything like real. And then Mike Szynski hit me up like in a Facebook message and was like, Hey man, I saw you're starting a ska band. I'm thinking of starting this label. And then basically just like went on saying like, I want to form it. Like I want to build this around like the Asian man records mentality, like the DIY, like the community. And like, that's what like instantly made me be like, yo, let's fucking do it. Like, um, cause like when I've played released music with other labels and stuff, like in other years of other bands and stuff, it was, there's no, no sense of community. No, it was just like, they're going to pay for it to get pressed. And then they're going to give you some and you sell it. And like, there's no hyping each other up, you know, just none of that. And, just I just remember like you know when I was first like kind of getting into punk rock and like uh you know just getting like seeing stuff on punk news and it was like oh another Asian man release oh this this rules oh this band Joyce Manor oh this fucking rule like just one after the other and like seeing these bands tour with each other and like just I, I don't know it just like had that cool special thing for me and it, that's that's like what got us with Bad Time Records and it's been exactly like that so yeah yeah totally no i mean the bad time community is like super inspiring and it's just been so awesome to see like all the cheerleading and gassing up and everything i think it also helps that mike szynski is such a sweet person very genuine person so yeah it's like easy for us to be like absolutely we yeah we want to be a part of it yeah like we trust him (laughs) which is cool yeah he's never trying to like there's never as ever trying to like screw us over in any way. It's like always in our best interest and the like, it's like the label's best interest, but also the label is like everyone, like it's, we're doing everything for everyone's best interest. It's like, never is there any sort of like, you know, trying to do something to rip someone else off. It's, right. it's just great. And 
it just makes me it makes us really like what we're doing and like continue to want to do it and like even though it's like a lot of work and you know we're getting burnt out it's just like it just um I don't know, there's just not that like negative competition aspect to it it's just kind of keeping us pushing forward and stuff and knowing that like mike has our back and like our you know label mates have our back and not even just you know just like this sense of community that they've built even if it's like not specifically bad time and that's the thing with bad time the respect of uh i had for mike i would have gone after Catbite if they weren't on bad time <laughs> but i felt like i really wanted to i was like man i need to i should contact this band and see if they want to work with me but then i'm like i can't steal this band from another label damn that's so that, it's cool to know yeah it's cool to yeah. know that you want us <laughs> because i mean it's happened to me just look down the asian man roster and it was like side one dummy took every band i had every, yeah. i think they just go down my roster epitaph too epitaph's taken so much stuff yeah it's, it's fine i'm like that's fine and the bands are really open like hey we'll still do it with you like rosenstock was supposed to his first side one record that was on asian man mm-hmm. and he asked me he's like what do i do i said go with them try something different you know yeah go out. You, you need to shake it up and see what happens uh same with the last dan Adriano record with epitaph that was on asian man i paid for everything really? and then wow. he sent it to mr brett and he like called within five minutes said i want to put this out and i said yeah go do it <laughs> damn and now dan's like man i should have done it with you and i'm like yeah <laughs> oh man you live and you learn I yeah guess. live and you learn no um, yeah i mean that's that's kind of like uh, we've also uh, kind of you know had that like same relationship with mike Szynski where he's like he's always saying like you know i obviously want to keep you guys but like <clears throat> and we just have like a very open relationship where we tell him i'm like you know oh like this label like has reached out to us or like this and i'll tell him and it's like we'll just have honest conversations and he's obviously looking for our best interests and it's just, it's great. But because we like him so much, we're still there. (laughs) Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of sick just how like bad time itself is starting to become like, you know, one of the labels that like one, you see a bad time release, you're going to listen to it. Mm -hmm. And two, like the name is like, you know, it's, it's like, it's like, yeah, like it's exciting to go to a bigger label, but it's also exciting to like stay at a smaller label and grow it like a family. And that's how Asian Man became like an amazing label for twenty five something years. Like, yeah, totally. Like, yeah. Um, Tim, you Mike, since you're kind of you know you mentioned Epitaph and stuff, Tim, you mentioned Joyce Manor. Mike, uh, would you talk a little bit about like, um, did you have conversations with with that band about like when they kind of left Asian Man? Yeah, they. I talked them into doing it with Epitaph. Epitaph wanted them, and they're like, they're looking at the roster. There, Jewish man is very in touch with like their imagery, uh, how they want to be perceived, and they just felt like the jo- the Epitaph roster was pretty whack <laughs> at that time. And they were like, "Man, I don't think we're going to do it." And I was like, "You got to do it. Mm-hmm. This is your this is your opportunity to, you know, make some money, make a living at this." And they, they listened to me, and they did. They did the record. Um, like we have like AJJ, formerly Andrew Jackson Jihad, right now. Their labels are going after them, and I'm, you know, I'm just trying to. Yeah, I don't think it's been announced yet, so I can't tell the story I was about to. But <laughs> uh, yeah, it, it's just like I try to, I try to get the artists to succeed. If that means them leaving, heck yeah. 
it's only happened a few times where I was really sad an artist left, but we've, I've maintained that friendship. I, I look at other labels and bands when they leave, it's just like this big, I feel like they, they feel so dissed, like, Oh, how, how can you leave? Our friendship is over. <laughs> and I view that totally opposite. I feel like, you know, I'm sad to see you leave, but you know, I'm rooting for you. I want you to do well. And, um, I hope we can remain friends and that's 99% of the time has always been the case. Mm -hmm. There's there's a few bad apples out there, but for the most part, I try to really maintain a friendship over um, business. That's awesome. So, uh, (laughs) so let's, uh, let's talk a little bit about again. So the split, it's the second split in bad times wave breaker series. And because Mike named it that, we're just going to have to talk about that name every time there's a new one. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> talk to me from your perspective, just about the concept, right, of like sort of tearing down these boundaries between different quote unquote waves of ska. Who you want? You want me to go, wants first? to go first? I'll go first. You go first, yeah, Mike. Yeah, go ahead, Mike. <laughs> I, I think a lot of the, the old heads, especially fan-wise, I mean, if you're listening to skinhead reggae, you're not listening to bad time records and that's just the fact of of reality there's gonna be um folks who don't listen and because the music is different if you're listening to like jackie matu and then you put on like omnigon <laughs> there's no similarities it's a yeah. totally different sound and so i get it um do do they owe somebody that the listener I'm talking about, do they owe somebody to give that band a Scott Punk band a chance? I don't think so. It's just it's their prerogative. They're listening to Skinhead Reggae, and so um, I don't think it's going to change in that way. But there, but then you have a ton of people. I think the majority have an open palette where they're listening to everything, mm-hmm. um, listening to uh, Trojan Records, Two Tone. Scott Punk, but there's also kids who only listen to Scott Punk. If you're a leftover crack fan, <laughs> and someone plays you like um, something from uh, Studio One, yeah, you're like, "Oh, what's this? This isn't anarchist punk or whatever." You know what I'm saying? So it 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 makes sense. How it, it depends also your age. You know, if you're you're a younger kid, you're going to be more um, you're going to gravitate towards more of the heavy stuff where there's a mosh pit and stuff, but um, I would love for bands to be able to play together. Like when I saw we were the union playing with, with the slackers, I was like, man, I don't know how this is going to go over. Yeah. <laughs> but what I heard was it went over great. So th- mm-hmm. that made me feel amazing. I, I was texting with Brent, the drummer, and I was like, man, I don't know. Good luck. But he, he said it was awesome. So yeah, uh, that's, that's really cool to hear. I, I don't know if I answered your question. Also, no, yeah, totally. I um, I kind of thought the same thing when I saw that that we are the union and the slackers were um were playing together, which is which is it's it's weird because like I was like I shouldn't I shouldn't think that way, but I just I mean, automatically we've do played because, with, because yeah. of the idea of like the different waves of ska, but I think mostly it's just the fact of i i would want i hope for people to to be able to 
I guess not gatekeep as much. Like don't don't say one thing isn't ska just because it doesn't sound like the type of ska that you like to listen to, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's um man, I forget what the question was now. <laughs> <laughs> I was just asking like sort of what? your perspective on this concept of like tearing down the boundaries between like different waves, different generations. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, I, I, yeah, like it's, just what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, it's it's all music, and everyone likes what kind of music they like to listen to, and mm -hmm. it's it can all be under the umbrella. But I think a lot of, uh, like Mike was saying, the old heads they just like stick to their like this is this is my ska music, and yeah. they don't want to accept any other form as ska music, which. To me, it's silly, so I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I I feel like I'm like a reformed Scott head person. <laughs> like like I was mentioning earlier, like I really <laughs> like when I was in tenth grade and I joined my first band. Uh, well, I joined it in twelfth grade, but I got into Scott in like tenth grade, and I kind of just went directly to bands like Slackers and Westbound Train and the Agrolites, and then really into like you know studio one and trojan and stuff and a little bit of two-tone but like i really like turned my nose up at like a lot of the ska punk stuff because like my band was like a trad ska band and we're i don't know it just that's kind of what i was all the people my best friends were in my band and we were just kind of like oh we play like real ska like this you know and like without really giving it a chance to like a lot of the like diversity that's in like the third wave ska punk whatever you want to fucking call it that's not trad or two-tone um but then like when when i finally quit that band and then started Catbite, um i mean i kind of intended for Catbite to kind of be like a two-tone trad type thing but then we just kind of um i don't know just like with the all of our members we just kind of started bringing in all of our other influences and it kind of turned into this more power poppy punky whatever and we just kind of got looped in with a lot of these third like ska punky bands and that i'd been avoiding for like all these years and i'm like this is so much fucking fun these people are having so much fun whereas like uh, it wasn't like a you know a pissing match i'm like who can be the most trad who can sound like fucking ken booth the most it's like uh and yeah, it's, I think Bad Time Records did that to me in this community. Um, and now it's we like. I still really enjoy and like to write music like that. Yeah. But now it's like all of a sudden the Suicide Machines are one of my favorite bands of all time. And it's like, I had not listened to them until maybe four years ago, three years ago, ever. Maybe. I mean, I heard the fucking, what's the, um, No Girl, but like, I didn't even know, uh, New Girl, but like, I didn't even realize what that was. Um, but yeah, I mean, like that's kind of this community is just kind of you realize how stoked people are on the genre and how like varied it can be. Like you meet, you know, punk kids, you meet like people that dress up in suits and stuff. And like when you go to a, a ska punk or, you know, I don't know, you just go to a show like that. I don't know where I was going with this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was going somewhere. Good, good. I was doing good and then I just I lost it. But yeah, uh <laughs> waves are dumb. <laughs> Sky's <is> great. <laughs> yeah. That's where I was going. Yeah, um, I, I think it would be awesome if Mike did sign like a rock steady band just to I, give it give it a different flavor. Yeah. Yeah. I I've I have been talking to him about doing that. I was like, you, you should do it that. is just fuck with people. <laughs>
it is cool that there is a lot of sort of diversity on that um, Shape of Scott Punk to Come Volume 2 from like last, I think, December. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like, I think there was like one sort of Trad Scott song on that. But then he also had that like the weird like laptop hyper pop Scott stuff. Mm-hmm. And, like yeah. it's just, I feel like even like it's cool because like you kind of know you're like there are going to be some people who get like a little pissed off but right yeah. they're like oh like we're auto-tune shouldn't be in my sky you know like and so it's kind of fun to fuck with people like that yeah 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 and then I, hopefully you learn something you know i mean that's like not to that's what happened to me you know like my introduction was scott punk and then like you're just like oh well like that 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 prefix ska like that actually is is much older than punk and it dates back to this thing and you learn about that and it's interesting and like you know i don't i don't know that i would be listening to like desmond decker if i wasn't first listening to less than jake you know mm-hmm. so it's like it's a cool yeah cool thing totally and things have gotten back better way better over the last few decades it was really bad like if you looked at the ska scene especially on the coast where it was big in the in the 80s and the, the early 90s, it was violent. It's so much better now. Just the the joy in people's faces that go to these shows versus worrying if you're going to get your ass kicked. The, the skinhead violence in the 80s, early 90s was horrible on the West Coast. And so yeah. all this change, the progress that the Scotsian has made has just has been wonderful. Um, so I don't miss that. I, I mean, I, my heart is always with, with trad ska and two tone, mm-hmm. even though I felt like I was in a band that like is probably one of the bands to blame for the, the way ska is perceived <laughs> in 2022. But, you know, I, I grew up, I, I was a mod in, in the early eighties. So this was like, this is my life. Um, but man, it was. It was not fun, man. I'm telling you, you would just see violence erupt with that's, skinheads that's at early shows. So insane. I can't even imagine. Yeah. I hate it. Yeah. It is. <laughs> it's crazy how it went from that to like, again, like I said, that Jericho Lincoln tour was some of the most like wholesome, like uplifting vibes I've ever seen on a show. Like there, yeah. there was no possible room for violence like it was like it, it was the to whatever the opposite of violence is was that show like it's um that's sick yeah it was it was awesome and yeah i feel like you know caplight and mike park such a great sort of combination because you do both have those shared two-tone and trad vibes and yet it works with the scott punk stuff like i mean to me like caplight's not a scott punk band mike your your songs on the new split with them are not scott punk songs but like you know it feels current it feels modern like it's and actually, um, I want to talk a little bit about the actual songs. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, Mike, you you got one on there with uh, Karina from Dancehall Crashers, which is awesome. It's great to hear her voice on a new ska song again. Tell me about working with her on that song. I've, we've known each other since we were teenagers, um, just being in the Bay Area. So I've always wanted to do stuff with her musically. I've asked her in the past, and it's never worked out. So I just hit her up in hopes that she would sing on this. And she said, yeah. It was easy as that. Uh, sent over the files. Mixed it, in. <laughs> it was done. It was great. That's so cool. That's sick. Yeah, um, she's just she's talented. She's she's a professional singer. Um, mm, it, awesome. it shows, and it's uh, it was cool. Just because our history together, just the many years of playing shows together, um, you know, three decades ago, which is crazy to think of, and. Um, 
you know, both of us still doing music in our fifties now. It's uh, it's fun. Yeah, that's awesome. You uh, you got to tell her to get Dancehall Crashers to reunite. You know, I mean, there that be... yeah, she would do it. It's the other, it's the other girl, Elise, mm. who's the problem. Mm. Well, never say never. She got the power. Who's gonna um, do a wave breaker with Dancehall Crashers? Yeah, right. That would be a good Let's one. Get a... I'll do some some emails. <laughs> I kind of um, will, but <laughs> I, I just want to real quick. How much time do we have? I know you guys have somewhere to be. Yeah, I got about uh, fifteen minutes. Okay, yeah, that probably Is that cool? works. That's cool. Yeah. Um, so Tim Britt, on your half, you you have an original song and a Neon Trees cover. Yeah. Uh, why Why the Neon Trees song? What brought that one about? Um. So I. I really like that song. I think didn't we just hear it? Well, didn't it, we? We were like driving somewhere, and it just we were listening it came to like on. a playlist on Spotify. No, I think yeah, either I was with you or I was at work, and it came on, and I was just like, "This is such a good fucking pop song. It's so catchy," and like I just like in, I, it just came on, and I just instantly heard it as like the version we did. Mm-hmm. Like it just I don't know, I, and then like we were like driving back from Jersey that one time and I, we just put it on repeat and we're just like, it was like after a show and we were all like hype about, you know, music or something. And I'm, <laughs> I was like, literally like, just like taking notes. All right. This section, like it's going to go like that. And then blah, 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 like put some, you know, uh, chorus on the guitar. solo. I don't know. It, it just, for some reason it really excited me when I heard, cause like that song was everywhere for like two, three years, like 10 years ago. Right. Yeah. And like you couldn't escape that song and everyone hated it. But like, I feel like a lot of people really liked it because it's Very a really catchy. good song. Um, and I don't know, maybe I just kind of figured people would kind of be stoked to hear us do a version of that. I love a good pop song. Yeah. Cause I mean, yeah, we all, yeah, we like to write pop songs. Um, but that's where that came from. <laughs> nice. Well, it's cool. I mean, you, you make it sound like a cat bite song. I mean, Thank like, you. it's Thanks. yeah. It's is cool. It's awesome. Um, so I want to ask, uh, at this point, I mean, I literally got sent two mozzarella stick memes two days ago. Yeah. Like, so like at this point, yeah. what is most misunderstood about ska? They don't know the history. The people who badmouth it, mm-hmm. they just don't know about the history. They don't know. They don't know about like Byron Lee. They don't know about the the immigrants in Jamaica for who the Chinese immigrants playing, uh, yeah, ska and reggae. Uh, they have no idea. <laughs> yeah, they just think of it easy. as yeah. They think of it as a you know real big fish, less than Jake. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and then being glitter, the, the butt of a joke. That's like that's <laughs> yeah. It's, and there's nothing wrong with those bands. Mm-hmm. You know, the Aquabats, let's throw them in too. It's they're just having fun. Right. That's what that's why it's progressed to a point where we don't have to worry about getting stabbed at a show. All we have to worry about is like getting confetti stuck on our f- shoes after the <laughs> yeah. show. Yeah. It's 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 that. It's all the guys, music snobs who don't know about ska, who think it's strictly Hawaiian shirts mm-hmm. and silliness. They don't even know really about two tone. I mean, two tone was so political. The whole emphasis on two tone mm-hmm. is a political movement. So it's crazy to think that people have this uh, interpretation of, of what ska is. But the big picture, more people like ska than don't. 
and even like the hipsters. I mean, John Darnielle just did that in defense of ska podcast. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. You know, Ted Leo, all these like hip indie rockers, they all love ska. Yeah. And I feel like whenever I meet somebody who like <clears throat> is sure that they don't like ska, like it's only a matter of time before I can like name a ska song they like. Yeah. You know, like it's like, I don't like ska, just oh, a couple No Doubt and Rancid songs. And I guess that one less than Jake song. Exactly. You know? <laughs> like, just... Yeah, especially when you hit him with a good Rancid song. Like everyone right? <laughs> fucking loves Time Bomb. Every, everyone. Like, everyone. I've never met someone who doesn't like Time Bomb. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and it's like, and then like, even if you're talking to people that are not like punk rock at all, you show them like anything that's trad or like, yeah, it's just. It's silly. It's just a total misunderstanding. And the fact that it got a bad rep, no one wants to talk about it. No one wants to dig into it, um, which, I mean, it seems like that's kind of turning around, which is cool. Um, it, Yeah, I, like some of my coworkers that are really, that love to do ska jokes at me, like I'm the designated ska dude at work. But like, even they have been slowing down lately. It's great. <laughs> so yeah, they'll hear, they'll hear like something come on and it's like, literally the opposite of ska but it has like a horn I'm like ska i'm like yeah they the thing <laughs> is the, the the equation of ska and horns doesn't make any sense yeah no. it's like i remember rocket from the crypt people like when in the 90s like oh yeah they're a ska band i'm like what, what? yeah, yeah, yeah. What are you talking about <laughs> they have no idea like to chicago a ska band right yeah. like, yeah. Bruce Springsteen a ska band exactly it just, <clears throat> makes no sense Oh gosh. Yeah. So um I kinda have to ask, similar note. Uh I assume we probably all saw Scott Twitter had strong reaction to a recent alt press article <laughs> titled How the Interrupters Are Championing the New Wave of Scott. Um what is your take on that whole thing? I didn't read anything. I don't know anything about it. I yeah. Well, I didn't. I didn't read it. I didn't even see it. Oh uh, yeah, I mean, it wasn't. It was. They're on the cover of Alternative Press. Um, it's the Interrupters with their new record. Yeah. Um, I didn't read it, but I skimmed through, and I just thought the journalism behind it was pretty lazy. Um, uh, personally, I'm a. I'm. I like the Interrupters a lot, and I've worked for them, and I've gotten to know all of them really well, and they're really great people, and they know their shit. They're not like. I, I think there's just a lot of ignorant like comments that i see all the time about them like oh like they're uh, they're made they're a like you know a industry it's plant a, band it's jealousy it's, it's jealousy that's what it comes down to yeah <laughs> exactly um and i know they've like they've put in their fucking work they know their shit like the first time i ever met them my i was playing in a punk band and we opened for them and they were backstage uh, like the twins and um kevin were like all gathered around a piano like playing like a ken booth song and I'm like, this was like eight years, eight years ago or something. And I'm like, this is so cool. Like they, like they're not like a, yeah. It's just it's misunderstanding and uh, hearing things and spreading rumors and jealousy. Um, yeah, but the the actual article, I think it was pretty. Uh, you know, it's just alternative press. Like you know, wanted to use the buzzword, the fucking the wave word. And I don't think that was probably the best thing to get a good reaction. It's just kind of going to um, plant that idea that there's waves and a fourth wave into no, but more But they just people. want people to read their yeah, it's, fucking thing. So they're going to say what's going <laughs> to bring people's attention. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I didn't read the whole thing yet. I just, 
It's just like a. I didn't even know it existed, so I'm excited to read it. But yeah. <laughs> my two cents on the Interrupters is they're the best band doing it. Mm-hmm. They they can play reggae so good, uh-huh. it's insane. Yeah, their feel for trad ska. It's not hard. I mean, I, mean, I love ska punk. Ska punk's way easier to play yeah. than traditional ska. You can play traditional ska bad, yeah. mm-hmm. to play it well. Yeah, that's a whole different story. You have to have such feel. The feel that that band has is ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, it's sick, and I'm <laughs> stoked because they don't have horns. I like the imagery of four people. Mm-hmm. You know, it just looks like a rock band. That's the best case scenario for ska is the Interrupters mm-hmm. because it's not, and they just look cool. Yeah. <laughs> They you know, do. They look cool. They've got they great look- stage presence. The harmonies are perfect. Um, yeah. Their songs, man, they have a hit. They're so catchy. Just <laughs> hit after hit. It's like, mm-hmm. damn. You know, I feel like I'm a good songwriter, but then I'll listen to them. I'm like, gosh darn, man. The <laughs> hooks are insane. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. I mean, and they have like some straight up Tradska on that new record. Like there's that song with Hepcat and that song with the skins and it's like mm-hmm. total sixties Jamaica. And it's like, um, I, I basically, agree. I mean, I like saw them last year, such a tight live band. I think I get why it must sting to see that headline. Like they're championing the new wave. And then people who are also part of the new wave being like, what about me all press? Like I definitely like, or not even me, but like, what about this great other band? Like I, I can see how it stings, but yeah, I mean, I think it's, you know, the interrupters are a rad band and like, mm-hmm. doesn't need to be taken out on them. Yeah. No, not at all. And like, just the fact that a band that massive is, has the word Scott tagged to them. It's like only going to do good things for the scene. Like way more people are going to see that word Scott and think of them instead of these bands, the goof, the quote goofy bands that got their time in the nineties that like, you know, that's like what people thought, you know, Oh, Scott, you know, Ruby fish, Aquabats, whatever. Um, but this being like a new face, it like, I'm fine with that. Cause like, it's kind it's giving Scott a less goofy, you know, it's just changing the image of it. And, if people just just seeing that they're i feel like a good amount of people are just gonna start diving into current ska bands and like you know like i always see people saying oh you know they don't support the scene but they i mean they're They're massive they're at another (laughs) level yeah it's not they're not at the point where they're like you know can do these local ska shows like they're trying to you know they're they're, playing stadiums yeah they're playing playing fucking stadiums (laughs) and like i i think that's helping the scene (laughs) like i i don't i don't see them hurting the scene at all i think um yeah it's just yeah best case scenario is that they bring out a band like a cat bite yeah if they (laughs) if they do a headline tour a national headline tour and they bring out bands like cat bite just like what green day did when they broke they Mm. brought everybody out yeah they brought you know pansy division out they brought the riverdales out they but mr t experience they brought all their peers out and let them share in, in their success so yeah. I, it, it would be awesome if uh the interrupters did the same uh, I mean, they it, did it, it to, seems they did it to the skins i mean that's right. like and i feel like the skins is probably one of the closest bands to that level that's like n- not technically ska but like a jamaican influence band yeah and, and those kids yeah. I, I know those kids very well they're all ska fans yeah they came from that scene in in england but that would be a sick bill interrupters skins cat bite national tour doing like 
two thousand cap rooms be sick. That'd be so cool. I would go. <laughs> I, I would go. I would go. Yeah. Would go. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Totally. I really hope that you know that they're just the rising tide that helps lift all ships, right? I mean, like it's like you said, like it's cool that there's a popular band with the word ska attached to them. I mean. And, you know, like, yeah, like, do they have some bigger label money? Do they do stadium towards a green day? Sure. Like, that's like, you know, think back to your youth. Like, my, like, Mike, you're talking about green day, right? Green day were a humongous gateway for me. Like, if not for green day, like, I might have never heard Pansy Division. I might not have, like, you know, devoured the Lookout Records catalog or something. Mm -hmm. Um, So I just think, like, you know, like, when I was a kid, like, Less Than Jake was a major label ska punk band. And they probably reached me faster because, you know, Capitol Records. Yeah, um, exactly. So yeah. I'm hoping that they, you know, reach some kids who don't know what Scott is. And they're like, this band rules. And I mean, I remember, like, I know I'm digressing a bit here, but I like literally remember going into FYE in my mall and like looking for punk CDs and not finding them in the rock section. And the person bringing me to a section called punk slash ska. Yeah. And just being like a light bulb went off my head. I was like, I guess the music I like is called punk slash ska. Yeah. You know, and like, and, and just like going to that section all the time. And I've told that story a lot. So like, sorry. But, um, no, but, you know, yeah, I just, I hope that um, people find out that word from the interrupters and then look for bad time records and cat bite and wave breaker splits and all yeah. that cool stuff. <laughs> totally. Sweet. So, uh, yeah, um, before we go, is there anything else that any of you want to add or shout out? Uh, I want to shout out Mike for writing the other song on our on the Wavebreaker for us, Spiral. Mike wrote that. Oh, I didn't even realize yeah, that. Yeah, I, I was going to okay. mention that earlier, and then we started. Uh, uh-huh, uh, but yeah. that's a whole, uh, yeah, that's a whole thing. But, yeah, uh, yeah, it, <laughs> it's a really good it's song. song. And Mike uh, gave that. He, he just sent us an, um, he's like, I have a song. And I was like, what? <laughs> oh, like, yeah, I want you to do it. And I was like, absolutely. Um, and so, yeah, he, he sent us like an acoustic recording of Spiral. Um, and that we, was. We put the end of the recording on the song. Yeah. We? Yeah. Did you hear that, Mike? You're, what? Yeah. You're, <laughs> yeah. You're, you're, it was so funny. We kept, the end of your recording. Yeah. Because like, you just like. I think you just stopped and you're like something like that. Yeah, and we put a, like a cool like reverb uh, echo on it. It's super cool. You'll have to listen to it. <laughs> I've heard the song. Maybe I didn't get that version. Oh god. Uh, yeah, no, it's it's at the end, like at the very okay. end. You're um, gonna like it. Yeah, but, I love that. Uh, um, but yeah, it was like honestly a fucking honor, it and it was really fun to just like get. Um, because usually, like, me and Brett are the ones doing the barebone, um, like, skeleton of a song and bringing it to the band. And, like, to have this skeleton given to us, like, the four of us just, like, sat down one day at practice and just, like, started fucking with it. And it was, like, cool for all four of us to come at a song with, like, just hearing it and learning it and then just going to town on it. And I, I love it, too. From a songwriter's perspective, I love giving someone a skeleton and going, put your touch on it and then hearing yeah. what comes out. Yeah. So any bands out there who need uh, songs, I'll write them for you. Yeah. Right. Mike ghost writes. That's yeah. A- yeah. <laughs> I don't want you to be ghost. I want you to be uh, uh, not ghost. <laughs> I want, I want people to know like you wrote that and it's, it's such a great song and it was really fun to cat biteify it. Yeah. It's awesome. It's very cool. Yeah. I'm, I'm and I'm, I just want to say closing, um, I'm really excited about all the new bands like Cat Bite and 
bad operation and yeah. bad time records. That's why I wanted to, even though, you know, financially it doesn't make sense. Why am I putting this out on a different label and not taking the money? Uh, it's because I just want to be part of this community too. I, I want to be part of the bad time community and now I am. Yeah. yeah. Hell yeah. yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> That's Hell yeah. All right. Well, thanks so much, Tim, Britt, Mike. It was a real pleasure chatting with everybody. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, too. Hey, uh, thanks again to Mike Park and Catbite. Thanks for listening. And go pick up the Brooklyn Vegan exclusive electric blue vinyl variant of their new split. Stay tuned for our next episode. See you next time.